Hollywood, author of CNET's Buzz Report. And I'm Tom Merritt, author of CNET's The Real Deal. Welcome to Buzz Out Loud, our podcast of indeterminate length. Pull up a chair. <laughs> Have a seat. Join us, won't you? Grab for on a to lively the... discussion of today's technology news, including... Considering the amount of commuters that listen to the podcast, actually, maybe it's more like pull up a steering wheel or <laughs> hang on to that bar. <laughs> Don't drive off the road. Grab got... that strap. Crazy stuff today, including the uh, latest on Grokster shutting down, a little discussion of mobile content, some talk about CBS and NBC offering uh, TV shows on demand for money. New razors. New razors. All coming up. All coming up right now. Grokster is gone, but my favorite part of the whole Grokster story, actually it's not gone, but it's file serving, file sharing services shutting down. Yes. My favorite part of the whole story is the quote in the San Francisco Chronicle article that says, despite the entertainment industry's lawsuits against companies like Grokster and even against users of such software, illegal file sharing has increased, analysts say. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe you guys aren't doing such a good job. And it's one of those things that the people who want to stop file sharing can say, see, our fight isn't over. See, Grokster had to stop. We must do more. Um, In case you don't know what we're talking about... (laughs) Grokster has agreed to stop distributing its software as part of a lawsuit settlement with Hollywood Studios and the music industry. And in addition, they will pay $50 million. This, of course, comes after the Supreme Court ruled that Grokster can be held liable if it is found to have somehow induced, like a pusher man, its users to illegally share songs. And this is the slippery slope that uh, gets around the idea that file sharing software itself is illegal, which it's not. Right. I mean, it, in some respects, your web browser is a file sharer because it downloads the files that have the web pages in them. Dude, don't on. tell them. <laughs> well, but that's the big <laughs> defense that people have been raising is like, right. how can you make Grokster illegal if it's just allowing people to share files? So what they've said is, well, they're inducing people to illegally share files. Right. They're not just providing a file sharing system. They're actually encouraging people to illegally share files. Right. And the software would most likely not exist and be as big as it were if it were not indeed in the business of illegally sharing files. And in fact, there are plenty of legal file sharing apps out there that Mm -hmm. businesses use to share files around the enterprise. Yes. And those are pointed to as examples of, see, this is the model you should use, Grokster. (laughs) So Grokster becomes the latest in a, a, a... string of software services, including Napster and iMesh that have been forced out of business by um, such lawsuits. I, of course, will be watching for the next incarnation of Grokster, Nexter. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> it seems like one always crops up because they, because as you so well pointed out, this solution is not a solution. There are plenty of other uh, file sharing services out there. Right that exist already. It's, you know, Grokster just happened to be the more popular one. Right. So people will move on to the others that, that exist. Tiny and, stir and unknown yet stir. Well, there's also, and I'm trying to remember the name of it, there's an app that allows you to surf Usenet uh, and pull files easily out of Usenet, mm. which is another big place where people post uh, wares and MP3s. They're not as easy, they're not as easy to swap. They haven't been historically as easy to swap as a file sharing app. But there's, a, there's an app that I saw recently that, that almost works like a file sharing app. Shows you what MP3s are posted to Usenet, pulls all the pieces up, packages them together for you, and puts it on your hard drive. Yikes. And this is why um, music industry and Hollywood studios, maybe you want to look at not charging 
$2.50 a song in the future and stick with the iTunes model since recent studies showed that most consumers, more consumers use iTunes to legally download music than use illegal file sharing services. And, you know, we just got an e- give them a reasonable alternative. We got an email from somebody saying, great, what's your, you know, okay, so don't make file sharing illegal, but what's the alternative? What's right. your solution? And that's one is to really go after promoting a more of an iTunes model. Another is to go after a model that's more along the lines of what they charge radio stations for playing over the air. Right. So just allow the MP3s to fly free mm-hmm. without digital rights management and then charge licensing fees. Right. And that has worked for years in being able to not only enforce radio stations to pay royalties to the writers through ASCAP and BMI, but also retail outlets. Mm. I mean, you'd think that would be almost unenforceable, but yeah. you know, bookstores, coffee shops, places like that, they play, they pay royalties to ASCAP and BMI for the music that they play in their shops because it's a public performance. Right. Well, and partly also, I think it, I think part of the reason they pay that is because a, it's not outrageous fees and B, they feel some loyalty. They feel some partnership with the companies to whom they're paying this, which I think is what consumers right now do not feel. Consumers feel like they're at war with the studios and the music industry, and so they're not inclined to want to pay. I mean, well, I'm I think not part even of this suggesting you charge the consumers. No, I'm suggesting no, I know. you charge the, the software makers. Say, great, you can trade all the MP3s you want, right. but you have to pay into a file sharing. But system. what I'm saying is, I think the people who are developing software at this point for downloading content are the people who feel like they're at war with these industries and they're not inclined to want to enter into a partnership like that at all. So it's partly PR, I think. It's partly providing people a reasonable alternative free of restrictive DRM. And I think the other part of it, actually, we got another interesting email from someone who suggested that maybe um, industries could find ways to embed ads in music files that you download, in MP3 files, which I don't really want, but it'd be kind of interesting. At least it was a creative solution. It's a creative solution. I'm not sure how that would work. but (laughs) Tom's making dismissive face. No, I'm just trying to figure (laughs) out how, if, if you could actually make that work somehow. Yeah. Well, you know, whatever. Uh, to where people wouldn't cut it out. You I know? think that I think the example in the um, email was like this song, "This MP3 Brought You by Coke," and that's all you'd hear. Oh, in the uh, in the ID three uh, yeah. tags, yeah, 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 that could work in the meta. Inf- in, in other the words, you release the MP3 free and clear, mm-hmm. and put "Brought to You by Coke" in the ID three tag. So when it's playing on your iTunes, you see that. You see or that. it's playing on your uh, digital music player or wherever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's brilliant. Yeah, I know what that's what too. See, our listeners are brilliant. I thought you meant putting now he's audio. not making dismissive face. I thought you meant putting audio. Oh into yeah, no, the, I um, did. I did not properly communicate the idea, which was a good one. I wasn't sure. Yeah, I wasn't sure how you're going to put audio into an MP3. No, audio yeah, ads sorry. in there, and I, plus I wouldn't want to listen to little ads in the MP3s. <laughs> <laughs> um, we have one in our MP3. <laughs> uh, good point. But we're also not singing, thank God. <laughs> not yet. Uh, Boing Podcast Boing has, 2.0. Boing Boing has a posting. <laughs> uh, once you've watched the torrent of the House subcommittee hearing on the horrific MPAA, RIAA proposals to force a trio of government technology mandates on innovators, you can then put your outraged good use by telling Congress exactly what you think. Basically, what they're saying is the MPA demands every receiver must have and obey a broadcast flag. And for new radio technologies, you would be restricted to recording radio shows for a minimum of 30 minutes and a maximum of 50 hours. And all analog to digital video conversions would be forced to watch for and obey a concealed copy restriction (laughs) mark. So... This would essentially crush a lot of innovation, yes. a lot of independent experimentation. Right. Well, and I think 
if I understand it correctly, that it would also criminalize existing technology like TV tuners and, and Slingbox. Yeah, anything uh, that involves... A- well, it looks like they're going only after HDTV. So maybe right. Slingbox could skate in under the wire there. But, maybe. Uh, but anything, HDTV tuner anything, cards would be in trouble, potentially. Yeah, anything HD and anything over the air? Yeah. Th- radio? This is really, really bad. And we are going to have someone from EFF, the Electronic Frontier Foundation, on uh, an interview tomorrow to hopefully shed some light on just how bad this really is. I can't promise it's going to be a balanced interview, but uh, frankly, I think this is really bad. Well, yeah, let's find out what the details are, uh, what the actual what yes. the actual pieces of that legislation are. Perhaps we will have dismissive face on tomorrow and we'll think that it's no big deal, but I'm, I'm skeptical. Uh, hey, mobile content. Big deal. <laughs> Couple of stories today. <laughs> So um, one of the stories in the register was that there's a poll, apparently, that says that consumers think mobile data is basically too difficult to use, mobile content too difficult to use, and too kind of flaky. Yeah, but, because sometimes it doesn't work when you're trying to download work. stuff. Yeah. But on the other hand, there's a story in the San Francisco Chronicle today that says that the kids of today are embracing this mobile content. They're yeah. watching videos on their phones, they're putting it on their on their mp3 players the headline of that chronicle story is actually in yesterday's chronicle you know asks if you'll pay for all this content but then they they talk about san francisco state students who you know pay two dollars for a ringtone that they only get to use for three months and Mm -hmm. and don't think twice about it i think maybe ringtones are a little bit different though from from the rest of the mobile content which indeed is expensive and flaky and I, i mean i think to me these are two sides of the same coin which is that mobile content is coming it's a big, big deal to be able to watch videos, stream songs, download songs over the air. But uh, like other nascent technology, it's just not quite there yet. Yeah, I don't also know that we've decided if people are really going to watch video on small screens. Yeah, no, I agree. I think that question is still and that's very a, much like you say. That's a whole. Air. That's a whole different than paying for a ringtone. Mm-hmm. You know, if I'm if I'm a kid who doesn't realize that I'm going to have to pay that $2 when the bill comes, or maybe I'm not paying the bill. Right. Yeah, sure. I'll buy a ringtone for two bucks. Right. But yeah. But am I then going to go for a lot of streaming video? Yeah. Yeah. Versus, and also, am I going to go through the big hassle of maybe like trying to convert video to play on my digital audio player or on my iPod? I mean, there are a bunch of different uh, uh, other issues that mobile content raises, not the least of which is price and flakiness. But that is not daunting Yahoo, according to the <laughs> register. Uh <coughs> According to a register story yesterday, you okay over there? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Uh, Yahoo is planning to launch an a brand and their own branded cell phone. Mm. Uh, Nokia would provide the phone, and Yahoo's DSL broadband partner SBC, soon to be AT and T, would provide the service through its singular network. So you would be able to access Yahoo content easily. You can access it now, but you would be able to access it easily through a Yahoo phone. I think you should be able to. (laughs) Whatever. Fine. I'd like to be able to access it just as easily on my Trio. Is it just a branding thing? Because you can I access Yahoo I think it is just a stuff. branding thing. I can access it on my Razor. Yeah. I mean, they not all of their sites are, are mobile enabled. And I have a whole other rant about why more websites don't have mobile counterparts that are easy to access on phones. Um, I assume that this is just a just a, a branding thing. Yeah, they're saying that the report does not suggest that the phone would be a springboard for Yahoo to launch its own cellular service. Right. They're just trying to hook up. Uh, it's probably a little extra. Oh, TV portal. Oh. Yeah. So maybe they could provide some video. Maybe. All right. We're going to take a quick break. But when we get back, uh, TV shows for 99 cents downloadable. Hmm. Do you believe anything is possible? At Earthlink, we do. 
We believe the same company that delivers your lightning-fast DSL connection can deliver your home phone service and wireless service, too. One company for all your communication needs. Visit earthlink.net and start believing today. Earthlink, we revolve around you. CBS and NBC have announced deals to offer replays of primetime programs for 99 cents per episode. So this is sort of a video-on-demand deal. But it doesn't seem to involve, I read this New York Times story over and over and over and over and over trying to figure out if you could get to a little list on your digital cable or your DirecTV of previous shows and download them. And I think, no, I think the deal is like Battlestar Galactica will come on and then you didn't watch it or and then you didn't TiVo it or tape it on your VCR for free. So then a couple hours later, you could pay 99 cents to watch it. (laughs) So if you don't have a TiVo... Yeah. Then, then maybe. Then maybe. Maybe you'll do this. But why d- just get a TiVo then? Yeah. I mean, we talked about this. I mean, really? We actually talked point. about this too much this morning because now I'm tired of, <laughs> of the points. But <laughs> the, I mean, basically running through it quickly. Maybe you could try to remember some for our it users. It was sort of like, uh, you know, the difference between having to go to the trouble of, of scheduling it right. versus just being able to go right to the list and buy it. But I don't think that's worth 99 cents. I'm not sure it is. And it's interesting because the, <laughs> the New York Times thing indicated that even some of the industry people don't really know. This is almost, this is totally like the canary in the mine shaft. Oh yeah, I what was the they're quote? Just, they're like, I don't know why people would pay 99 yeah, cents, but we're go, doing it know, anyway. But we're going to see if they will. So it'll be um, from CBS, CSI, the OG, the uh, crime scene investigation, NCIS, Survivor, and the Amazing Race. And then from NBC, it'll be... It'll be some of their shows plus the sh- channels that they own, like The Office, Monk, Battlestar Galactica. And some of them will have commercials and some won't. And this is only on your box. This isn't available to download onto your uh, PC. I mean, we should make that clear. This Correct. is just on-demand playing. This is like buying an on-demand movie. Yeah, and it's not gonna, you're not going to be able to put it on your iPod or anything like that. You'll just be able to watch it on your TV, which you could have done several hours earlier for free. Now, if you have TiVo, presumably, did you, did you figure out, can you actually record it? I don't know. If you have TiVo? It is unclear whether you'd then be able to record it to your TiVo and watch it over and over. We'll see. I mean, most on-demand stuff is free right now. Right. So it'll be interesting to see if people are willing to make that jump and go, oh, but I want to see that, so I'll pay 99 cents. Yeah, exactly. Most on-demand stuff is free, but it's not lost, and it's not. I was thinking I would pay a quarter, maybe. I would pay 99 cents for past episodes that I've missed and that aren't going to be reshown, or that I don't know when they're going to come on. Like, if they had a line of all those Battlestar Galactica episodes oh, that so I you haven't just seen watch them all at once. so I could just watch them all at once and have a little marathon and it would cost me like maybe $10 well, to get them all and they, and I would do that they're not going to have the past ones on there uh, not that I can tell mm. I mean it, they're only talking about episodes coming on after they've aired for well, download so maybe, maybe, the, maybe at some a backlog point, will develop along the way but it's still kind of unclear what the interface will, will be and whether you'll have some screen where you can download them all I don't know we'll see we'll see we'll be watching if any of you use this and kick down your dollar let us know yeah, buzz at cnet.com. Give us an email. Uh, finally, a little brief news before we go into our bits. <laughs> Isn't brief news already a bit? Anyway, uh, the FCC, so more on the voice over IP thing. You know, there's just been this E911 thing, and the FCC was going to um, put into effect a deadline that said that VoIP providers had to, have, had to be providing E911 or else their subscribers would be cut off. And so now they've abandoned that. They're not going to do that. But that's great news, right? For the yeah. uh, for voice. That's over great IP? news. Yeah. If you're a subscriber in think. a rural area and you don't have E911 service, you now do not have to worry that your phone is going to be cut off. If great. you've been using a voice over IP phone. That's good news. Superb. 
except that now, so that instead the FCC will now require all VoIP providers to file a letter telling them how many of their subscribers can receive E911 service. And they are now expected to stop marketing their services and cannot accept new customers in areas that are not outfitted with the technology to do the necessary E911 call routing, even if the subscribers would have access to basic 911 service. Okay, and the E911, according to Wikipedia, is the feature that automatically associates the physical address with the calling party's telephone number. Right. Which I thought all 911 did that. But I kind of thought so too. Apparently not. Maybe if you call from a, a voice over IP phone because it's not locked to any kind of landline, mm-hmm. I could see why. So it, it doesn't know where you are. This is a really important thing for them to provide, right? Yes. If you have a voice over IP phone, you need to have this kind of 911 service. It's yes. a big deal because the faster they know where you are, the faster they can respond. Exactly. But preventing them from marketing it. Yeah. While yep. allowing them to continue to provide service, I guess what they're thinking is, well, we won't cut off everybody that already has service, but we don't want you to expand but until you, know you get E911. At that- what point is the FCC allowed to start telling companies they cannot market their services? Well, when they hook up to the telephone system, I suppose that's under the FCC's jurisdiction. I guess but, so. So, I mean, I could see them saying you can't provide service off the internet. Right. Because we're the FCC. But then to say you can't market it, that's, that's, that's where it little, gets a little weird. Weird. It's a little weird. So obviously VoIP um, industry folks not so excited about this. But what you are excited about is the new colors of razors. Oh, they're so pretty. Everyone's been talking about the pink one because Nicole Richie has it and Trent from Pink in the Blue, the new blog. Pink is the new blog. They have them and you couldn't have them, but now you can. It Sometime looks, this quarter. There's an ice blue one too. Yeah, there's Which, to me, just looks silver. Everyone knew the pink one was coming, but we didn't know that the uh, ice blue was coming. It does look a little silver. It's probably kind of bluish in person. So it's, this is kind of the Razor 2 also. There's some. There's a kind of a, a mild update to it. Yeah. It has Evdo. Yeah, which is a little less than mild. That's pretty cool. That's a pretty big so, update. Um, You're right. Yeah, so now you can get uh, the, the high-speed cellular service on the V3C which is the new one. And then there's the V3i, which will now have a 1.23 megapixel camera. So I immediately have to go from being, uh, hey, check out my hot new Razer to, oh, I don't like the new Razers. I yeah. like the classic old one. Exactly. Because I have the old one. Uh-huh. I didn't, uh, I didn't such get the new the one way of on purpose. <laughs> the new Razer's sold out. I'm totally torn between the pink one and the blue one. I All just right. don't know what to do. Let's run through the bits. Okay. Uh, Boing Boing has an easy way to defend yourself against Sony root kits. It's buying a or downloading a piece of software that allows you to rip DVDs to your hard drive <laughs> uh, because the company that makes any DVD has upgraded the software. So now it protects against Sony rootkits. That's awesome. <laughs> or I thought it was going to say, though, buy a Mac. Fight back know. and fight harder. <laughs> wow. Uh, critical flaw in Flash. Apparently, um, there is a critical vulnerability in Flash could lead to, quote unquote, arbitrary code execution attacks. And you should update it quickly, especially if you watch video at CNET.com because it is uh, somehow related to watching Flash, Flash video. video. So please uh, watch a bunch of our videos and uh, update your Flash. So also you- in security news, a Linux worm has <gasps> been caught out in the wild. Dun, dun, dun. In, Which is crazy. In the wild. There's been Linux worms before, but this this one's out in the wild. That's interesting, too, because recently there was a QuickTime flaw that led to, a, there was a vulnerability that actually could facilitate attacks on actual Macs. There you go. Not PCs. 
So yeah, you know what? This is, this is what I've always maintained is that the security levels of Linux and Apple are a little inflated because there is not as big a market share. And as their market share increases, you'll see more security vulnerabilities, as we have seen with Firefox. Exactly. And so I still think Linux is more secure, mm-hmm. and I still think Mac is more secure, and I still believe that Firefox is more secure, but right. probably not nearly as much as people have and, liked well, to claim. None of yeah, none of that means they can stay ahead of hackers forever. On Amazon.com, you can now pre-order your Xbox 360, but you will have to do so in a bundle that costs a thousand dollars. What? They are they have multiple Xbox 360 bundles for sale on Amazon.com, but they all cost one thousand dollars. One thousand dollars. So I can't buy an Xbox 360 on Amazon unless I'm willing to spend a thousand dollars. A G, unless you're willing to <laughs> yeah. throw down a G. Ten Benjamins. Um, yeah, that's yeah. The um, the Xbox 360 on its own. Let me remind you, costs like three hundred dollars, not that's one thousand crazy. Mm-hmm. All right, we got one million Windows to Mac converts so far in 2005, according mm. to Slashdot.Posting. Mm. Mm. I was one, but I might switch back. And AMD has passed Intel. And a German IT company has banned whining in the workplace. What? Which now means that I want to go work there. <laughs> Don't do it. Oh, you'll be fired so quick. <laughs> what? <laughs> See? Oh, you are going down. <laughs> I don't whine. All right, let's get to the email. I rant. Uh-huh. It's totally different. Sure. <laughs> Uh, Nicholas W. sent us a, a very thoughtful email about video podcasts. Uh, mm-hmm. He's been an avid listener to the podcast now for about three months. And he doesn't imagine that video will usurp audio podcasts, but uh, he just doesn't understand the hype at the moment. Right. I can understand why he doesn't understand the hype at the moment. Understand, understand. Because right now, m- video podcasts are of pretty varying quality i.e. some of them are pretty bad so it is kind of hard to understand why people might want to download them in droves but then again they're free and a lot of them are not so bad so i don't know and podcasts are the same way it's just it's like a new cool thing it's all part of the mobile content discussion there are podcasts that are of varying quality yeah exactly and you know there's more of them now so you can find more more good ones and they're part of the craze that is user-generated content and it's a matter of of watching it to me, with the difference is you can watch it. You have to watch a video mm-hmm. podcast. And as, as I think he explains, he likes to listen to him in the background while he does other things. Yeah. So you can't do that with video. True. But you do watch video. So it's all going to be a distri- different distribution system. Mm-hmm. When it becomes easy for people to download videos off the web and then watch them on their regular television is when we'll see whether it's this kind of user generated or right. public generated content right. really catch on. So is it viable long term? Yeah, I think it is. Yeah. It's not going away. And if you learn want to, see to a good, love it, Nicholas. You want to see a good example, check out Drive Time. Yeah. And check out our interview with Drive Time founder Robbie J. And finally, uh, Weak Sauce wants to know why we are always glorifying Google. What? Well, because they are our alien You mean in the overlords. Google World Domination Watch? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't feel like we uh, we have glorified Google. I think we talk about them a lot. In fact, in yesterday's podcast, we in, we said uh, that Google might be the new evil empire and we'll miss right. Microsoft. I think what he means is, uh, why are we defending Google Print? Oh, okay. Because he says, it's okay for Google to steal intellectual property from O'Reilly and other legitimate sources, but if the consumer does it, we get sued by a monolith. But, a little schadenfreude going on there. Yeah. I understand that. I understand You're it. sort of tired of being attacked and you, you like it when the big guys get attacked too, but that doesn't make it any more right. Well, and it's not the same thing. Google print is not the same thing. It's as, co- a copyright as, though. Well, it's a copyright question, but mm-hmm. 
it's unclear whether Google is actually violating copyright as opposed to like illegally downloading MP3s, in which case you are unquestionably violating copyright. Right. Or the DR or the getting around DRM. Yeah. Where you are unquestionably violating the DMCA, but should it be against the law? Right. He also says, why not glorify something worthwhile like GNUSolaris.org, which is an open distribution uh, based on the Solaris kernel. I prefer Ubuntu. <laughs> if you want to talk open distributions. I prefer not to glorify. There you go. All right. Uh, but we do like all comments, positive or otherwise, buzz at CNET.com or give us a call 1-800-616-CNET. Thank you. Bye. Bye.